Hey guys, this is Nella and welcome to Greek Mythology with Nella. This is the podcast where I, Nella, crazy lover of Greek mythology, tell you more about it. So in today's episode, we will learn all about Hesita. So let's recap first. In the last episode, we learned how Zeus defeated Cronus. We also learned what he did with all the other titans and how he formed Olympus and began their role as the Olympians. So without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hesita chooses bachelor number 0. In some ways, Hesita was not like her mom, Rhea. She had an honest smile, warm brown eyes, and black hair that framed her face in ringlets. She was gentle and good-natured. She never said a bad word about anybody. If you walk into a party on Mount Olympus, Hesita wouldn't be the first girl who caught your eye. She wasn't flashy or loud or crazy. She was more like the goddess next door, sweet and pretty in an unpretentious way. Usually, she kept her hair tucked in a linen shawl. She wore plain, modest dresses and never used makeup. I said earlier that nobody took her seriously, and it's true for other gods that other gods weren't good about taking her advice. Cronus had swallowed Hesita first, so she'd gotten barfed up last. Because of that, her siblings tended to think of her as the youngest rather than the eldest, the last one to emerge. She was quieter and more peaceful than her siblings, but that didn't mean that they didn't love her. Like Rhea, Hesita was a hard person not to love. In one important way though, Hesita was not like Rhea. Her mom was known for well being a mom, the great mother, the ultimate mama, la madre grande. Hesita wanted nothing to do with being a mom. She didn't have a problem with other people's families. She loved her siblings and once they started having kids, she loved them too. Her fondest wish was for the whole Olympian family to get along and spend quality time together around the hearth, chatting or having dinner or playing twister, really any wholesome activity. Hesita just didn't want to get married herself. If you come to think about it, you can see why. Hesita had spent years inside Cronus's gut. She had a very good memory and she could even recall Cronus gulping her down when she was newborn. She remembered the sound of her mother wailing in despair. Hesita had nightmares about that same thing might actually happen to her. She didn't want to get married only to find out that her husband was actually a baby swallowing cannibal. Man, she wasn't being paranoid either. She had proof that Zeus could be as bad as Cronus. See, after the war with Cronus, Zeus decided it would be a good idea for him to marry a Titan, sort of to show that there was no hard feelings. He married one of Oceanus's daughters, a girl named Metis, who was the Titan of good advice and planning, like of kind of like the Titan's life coach. Oh, then this must be a good Titan then. Metis was smart about advising others, but apparently she wasn't so bright when it came to her own life. When she was pregnant with her first kid, she told to Zeus, "My husband, I have good news. I foresee that this child will be a girl. But if we have another child together, it will be a boy. And you're gonna love this news. He will be destined to rule the universe someday. Isn't that awesome?" Zeus panicked. He thought he was going to end up like Uranus and Cronus, chopped into little pieces. So he took a page out of Cronus's playbook. He opened his mouth super wide and created a tornado that sucked Metis down his throat, compressing her so small that she could swallow 
that he could swallow her whole i know right <sighs> too much that kind of freaked out the other olympians obviously especially hesita what happened to metis and her unborn child down there in zeus's gut we'll get to that later but hesita saw the whole thing and she said to herself getting married is dangerous zeus apologized to the titans and the gods for swallowing metis he promised never to do it again he decided to marry another titan but as you can guess there weren't a lot of volunteers only one agreed themis the titan of divine law who happened to be hesita's favorite aunt i know right bad luck for hesita i think themis had sided with the gods in the war she understood right and wrong she knew that the gods were better rulers than cronus notice i said better not good rulers like hesita themis was modest and veiled and wasn't interested in marriage especially after what happened to metis but in the name of peace she agreed to marry zeus and yeah themis was technically zeus's aunt so feel free to get sick about them getting married but let move let's move past that the marriage didn't last long Themis had two sets of triplets. The first set wasn't so bad. Three sisters called the Horai, who ended up in being charge of the changing season. You're thinking, wait, only three seasons? But remember, this was Greece. I guess they've never had much of a winter. The second set of triplets, though, they gave the creeps. They were called the Morai, the three fates. I know, right? Rhyming, Horai, Morai. So the three fates were. They were born old. is right out of the cradle they grew from three shriveled babies to three shriveled old grannies man they like to sit in the corner and make thread on a magic spinning wheel each time they snap a piece on the line some mortal down in the mo- world died the olympians quickly realized that the fa- three fates could not only see the future they could control it they could bind anyone's life to that magical yarn literally making a lifeline and when they snipped off that piece sayonara Nobody was sure if they could do the same thing with immortals but even Zeus was afraid of those girls after fathering the face Zeus pulled Themis aside and said you know what i'm not sure this marriage is going to work out if we keep having more kids like the fates then we're all going to be in trouble what's next the three doomsday bombs the three little pigs Themis pretended to be disappointed but actually she was relieved She didn't want any more kids and she definitely didn't want to get sucked down the tornado of Zeus's throat. You like my rod, she said. I will gladly step aside and let you take another wife. Hesita witnessed all this and she was thinking, I never want that to happen with me. With my luck, I would marry some god and give birth to the three stooges. No, the possibility is too horrible. She decided it was much better to stay single and concentrate on helping her siblings raise their families. She could be the cool aunt, the single aunt, the aunt who did not have terrifying shriveled granny babies. There was only one problem. Some of the guy gods had other ideas. Poseidon kept looking at Hesita and thinking, "Ah, she's kind of pretty, good personality, easy to get along. I should get marry her." Yeah, and we're back to the whole brother marrying sister thing. Let's get out all of our systems all together. 1 2 3. Gross. The younger Olympian Apollo also wanted to marry Hesita. We'll talk more about him later, but it would have been a weird match since Apollo was one of the most flashiest gods. Why he wanted to marry quiet plain spoken Hesita? I don't know. Maybe he wanted a wife who could never upstage him. As it happened, both gods approached Zeus on the same day, asking his permission to marry Hesita. 
Seems weird that they would ask Zeus instead of Hesita, but as you might have noticed, the males weren't real sensitive about stuff like that. Zeus, being the king on Cosmos, had the final say on all marriages. Meanwhile, Hesita was sitting at the big hearth in the middle of the throne room, not paying much attention. Back then, you needed a central hearth, like an open fire pit in your main room because it provided warmth on cold days. It was also where you did your cooking, your water boiling, your chatting, your bread toasting, your marshmallow roasting, your rocks, sock drying. Basically, it was the center of family life. Hesita always hung out there. She had sort of taken over responsibility for keeping the home fires burning. It made her feel good, especially when her family gathered around for meals. Zeus yelled, Hey, Hesita, come here. She approached his throne warily, looking at Poseidon and Apollo, who were both grinning at her, holding bouquets of flowers and boxes of candy. She thought, uh-oh. Great news, Zeus said. Both of these fine gods want to marry you. Because I'm stand-up king and all-around thoughtful dude, I will let you pick. Bachelor number one, Poseidon, likes long walks on the beach and scuba diving. Bachelor number two, Apollo, enjoys music and poetry and spends his free time reading prophecies at the Oracle of Delphi. Who do you like better? Hesita sobbed in horror, which kind of surprised the bachelors. She threw herself in Zeus's feet and cried, Please, my lord, no, no, no! Neither of them! Apollo frowned and checked his breath. Poseidon wondered if he'd forgotten his underarm deodorant again. Before they could get too angry, Hesita collected herself and tried to explain. I have nothing against these gods, she said, but I don't want to marry anyone. I want to be single forever. Zeus scratched his head. That idea simply did not compute. So... Never get married? You don't want kids? You don't want to be a wife? That's correct, my lord, Hesita said. I I will take care of the hearth for all time. I will tend the flames. I'll prepare the feasts, whatever I can do to help out the family. Only promise me I'll never have to get married. Apollo and Poseidon were a little miffed, but it was hard to stay mad at Hesita. She was so sweet and honest and helpful. They forgave her for the some reasons. For the same reasons, they wanted to marry her in the first place. She was genuinely nice, and among the Olympians, niceness, niceness was a rare and valuable commodity. I resigned my offer of marriage. Furthermore, I will protect Hesita's right not to marry. Me too. If that's what she wants, I'll holler her wishes, Poseidon and Apollo said respectively. Zeus shrugged. Well, I still don't get it, but I'm okay. She does keep an excellent hearth. Nobody else knows how to toast marshmallows just right. Not too soft, not too crispy. Hesita, your wish is granted. Hesita breathed a huge sigh of relief. <sighs> she became the official goddess of the hearth, which may not seem like a big deal, but was exactly what Hesita wanted. Later on, people made up a story about how Hesita used to have a throne on Mount Olympus and gave it up when a newer god named Dionysus came, came along. It's a good story, but it's not actually in the old myths. Hesita never wanted a throne. She was way too modest for that. Her hearth became the calm center of the storm whenever the Olympians argued. They, everyone knew fire was neutral territory. You could go there for a timeout, cup of nectar or a talk with Hesita. You could catch your breath without getting accosted by anyone, like kind of like a base in a game of tag. Hesita looked out for everyone, so everyone looked out for her. The most famous example 
One night, Mother Rhea held this big party on Mount Ida to celebrate the anniversary of the Olympians' victory over Cronus. All the gods and friendly titans were invited, along with dozens of nymphs and satyrs. Things got pretty wild. Lots of nectar drinking, ambrosia eating, and crazy, dan- crazy dancing with the Coretis. The gods even convinced Zeus to tell some of his infamous satyr jokes. Hesita wasn't used to partying so much. About three in the morning, she got lightheaded from the dancing and the nectar and wandered off into the woods. She bumped into a random donkey tied into a tree. Probably one of the satyrs had ridden it to a party. For some reason, Hesita found this extremely funny. Hello, Mr. Donkey! <laughs> she giggled. I'm going to I'm going to lie down right here and uh, take a nap. Watch over me, okay? Okay. The goddess fell first, face first in the grass and started snoring. The donkey wasn't sure what to think about that, but he kept quiet. A few minutes later, a minor god named Priapus came wandering through the woods. You don't hear much about Priapus in the old stories. Frankly, he is not very important. He was a country god who protected vegetable gardens. I know, right? The Oh, great Priapus! Guard my cucumbers with your mighty powers! If you've ever seen those silly plaster garden grooms that people put in their yarns, that's a holdover from the days where people play statue of Priapus in gardens to protect their produce. Frankly, I think this is all a bit of shit. Anyway, Priapus was all about partying and flirting with the ladies. He'd had a lot to drink that night. He was roaming the woods, looking for some unsuspecting nymph or goddess he could get cuddly with. When he came to the clearing and saw a lovely goddess passed out in the grass, snoring alluringly in the moonlight, he thought, Yes! He sneaked up on Hesita. He didn't know which goddess she, she was, but he didn't really care. He was sure that if he just cuddled up next to her, she would be delighted and when she woke up, she would be delighted when she woke up. Because, hey, who wouldn't want to get romantic with the god of vegetables? He knelt next to her. She smelled so yummy, like wood smoke and toasted marshmallows. He ran his head through her dark hair and said, Hey there, baby, what do you say we do some snuggling? In the darkness nearby, the donkey apparently thought that sounded like an excellent idea. He brayed, Priapus yelled, Ah! What happened? Hazita woke with a start. Horrified to find a vegetable god leaning over her, his hand in her hair. She screamed, Help! Back at the party, the other gods heard her screaming. Immediately, they dropped whatever they were doing and ran to help her. Because you simply didn't mess with Hazita. When they found Priapus, all the gods started walling on him, throwing goblets at his head, punching him, calling him nails. names. Priapus barely got out of there with his life. Later, he claimed he had no idea he was flirting with Hazita. He thought she was just a nymph or something like that. Still, Priapus was no longer welcome at Olympus parties. After that, everyone became even more protective of Sisita. Well guys, there is another uh, story of Hesita, which unfortunately we don't have time, so I'll not be able to tell it to you right now. So I hope you liked today's episode. You can find me on Instagram at the rate Nella Night. The podcast is also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Acast, Hub Hopper Studio, Amazon Music and Breaker. Please rate and review to your friends and family. It helps me a lot. You can message me on Instagram. Please go to my blog at nilanight.blogspot.com. Thanks. I love you all and bye.